Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ is alive. He is risen from the dead. Alleluia. I don't like to mince my words on Easter morning, so I want to hit the ground running and let you know this reality. Friends, we are here today for the simple fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That is the only reason for us to gather here today. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, what we are doing right now is foolishness. And you should just pack up your pancakes and go home. But Christ did rise from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, it it changes everything that we know about life right now and for all of eternity. If I asked you, who would you like to trade lives with? What would you say? I know all of you are going, I am perfectly content with my life. I would not trade it for anything. Okay, okay. When I was a kid, I wanted to trade lives with those people who had an indoor swimming pool and an indoor basketball court and were really, really rich. I didn't know any of those people, but I dreamed that they existed and I wanted their lives. I don't know if I wanted everything about their lives, but I assumed that if I had an indoor swimming pool and an indoor basketball court, that it would at least be a slight upgrade from what I had. If you're ever thinking, who would I trade lives with, I'm assuming that you would always want to trade for an upgrade. (laughs) If you ask Jesus the question, Jesus, who do you want to trade lives with? Who Who would you pick, Jesus? You know what he would say? You, you, you. And no offense to you, well, no, actually, go ahead and get offended. Um, Your life is a downgrade (laughs) for Jesus. See, Jesus traded his life for yours. Jesus traded his life for yours. Jesus, who is perfect, took all of your sin. Jesus, who is blameless, took all of your blame. Jesus, who was perfectly comfortable being God, took all of your suffering, and he did it all for you. And on Easter, we celebrate the greatest reality, which is Jesus rose from the dead. And if Jesus is offering you his whole life, guess what he's offering you? Everything about his life, resurrection from the dead included. Life is for you. Eternal life is for you. Jesus' life is for you. Over the last few days, we've had people, many of you, gathering in this place for worship on Monday, Thursday, on Good Friday. 
And over the course of these days, I have been driving home the point that Jesus does everything for you. Everything he does is for you. He stands for you. On Thursday, we emphasize the fact that Jesus gives his body and blood to us as food for life. Food to consume for eternal life. On Friday, we emphasize the fact that Jesus' death is for you. He paid the death penalty you deserve. His death is for you. And today, plain and simple, I want you to hear that his life is for you. He has life for you. Today, Easter is where all of this comes to fruition. Where Jesus' words come true. Do you believe Jesus' word? Do you, do you believe that when Jesus speaks, he means what he says? Do you believe that you can take Jesus at his word and he will deliver on what he says? You should, because he always does deliver. Even when it comes to his death and resurrection. Let me demonstrate this for you. On Easter morning, that first Easter morning, we read it in Luke 24 today. The women, some of the women went to the tomb early in the morning with spices that they had prepared to put on the body of Jesus in the tomb after he had died. And when they got there to Jesus' tomb, the large stone that had been rolled in front of the entrance to seal it shut was rolled away. And then they looked inside, and Jesus' body wasn't there. The Bible says they were perplexed, and I think that's a nice word. I'm sure they were freaking out. I would have been. And then two angels show up and speak these words to them. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? Do you remember this? This is the key word right there, the, the third sentence. Do you remember? Remember he told you that this was going to happen? Do you, do you know this? Maybe you don't know this. Jesus, before he died and rose, very, very clearly told people that he would die and rise. More than once he said this. And he wasn't speaking in parable. He wasn't speaking in weird imagery. He just told, let me show you. Luke chapter 9. This is what Jesus said. So we were in Luke 24. This is Luke chapter 9. They're in Galilee when this is happening. And Jesus said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Do you not remember, women, that Jesus said this to you? And you know what it said in Luke? It said they remembered. They did remember. And then they ran back to the tomb to tell everybody, do you remember, do you take Jesus at his word? He said, 
I'm going to die and I'm going to rise. What did he do? He died and he rose. I like people who keep their word. Do you? I like people in my life that keep their word. I actually love it. It's a high value of mine. I try to be a person who keeps my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I do my best to do it. And I love it when I have people in my life who I can trust. That's what it means to trust someone when you believe, when you trust their word, when they say, I'm going to do it, and they do it, or they at least attempt to do it. That's called trust. Guess what? You can trust Jesus. He keeps his word. He said he would die, and then he would rise, and he did. So what does it mean? What does it mean? I, I get asked quite a bit as a pastor, and Honestly, maybe some of you sitting here today are wondering this. You're like, all right, I've, I've heard this Christian message before. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. Okay, cool. But so what? So what? What does that mean? What does that matter? Let me do my best to explain this in two brief statements. Jesus died to pay the penalty for our inability to be perfect. God demands perfection. That's what he created humans to be, right, in the garden. He created people to be perfect. He demands perfection. Are you perfect? Neither am I. And so Jesus died to pay the penalty that we deserve for our incapability to be perfect. Or in other words, he died to forgive us of our sins. But then why did Jesus rise from the dead? He rose to overcome all of the results of our sin. Namely, death itself. Because what does sin bring about in this world? All kinds of bad stuff. All kinds of brokenness. Broken relationships. Broken bodies. Right? You know the effects of sin, I think. You know what's wrong in this world. You know the stuff that makes you sick to your stomach that you wish just wasn't reality. Those are all the effects of sin, and death is the last effect of that sin. So Jesus rose from the dead to overcome death because if he can overcome death, he can overcome all the things that lead up to death as well. Makes sense. It's like a little seed. Like a seed, small little seed. In that one little seed is the capacity for life, lots of life, to go on and on and on and on. One little seed. And in that one little seed placed into the ground with water and nourishment and sunlight will grow to become a fruit-bearing tree which will produce much fruit and many more seeds which have then the capacity for life to go on and on and on and on. All that life from one little seed. Kind of looks like Christmas outside. <laughs> uh, not Easter. Our Easter egg hunt is going to be inside this year at our house, but 
Whenever winter decides to relent here in the Upper Peninsula and the snow melts, you'll start to see new life abound, right? Maybe even last week when we had that one spring day, right, you saw some ground and maybe you even saw some stuff budding up. The poor robins are so confused, right? But you you will see it. You'll see life starting to spring up from seeds, Maybe seeds that you planted, maybe bulbs you planted in the fall, or maybe seeds that from a plant that you planted over here and now it's growing over here. You'll start to see life popping up all over the place. New life is going to be growing up out of this winter, in this spring. This is what Easter is all about. Easter is all about new life springing up, new life springing up. Do you ever wonder about the bunny and the eggs, though? Do you, do you wonder about this? Um, and do you ever wonder, do, maybe, I'm, maybe I've got it wrong. Do bunnies lay eggs? You know, I, I did Google that just to be sure. I wanted my research to be accurate. And they don't, okay? Bunnies don't lay eggs. Um, and you might be saying that's because they're mammals. Pastor mammals don't lay eggs. As a matter of fact, in my research, I found out some mammals do lay eggs. The platypus and another little creature that looks like a porcupine. So I, don't, don't call me dumb for looking up if mammals can lay eggs. It's possible, all right? But what, all right, so what's the deal with the eggs and the bunny? Well, they're both quite symbolic of life, are they not? Life? Uh, an egg, right? Just life is just ready to burst out. Life. And bunnies, well, they're pretty good at making new life, Yeah. I don't know if you know this. I, I got into my animal research. This is just, all right, in case, you can zone out if you want, but uh, bunnies, the average gestational period for a bunny is 30 days, okay? A bunny has about five bunnies per litter. They can have about three to four litters per year, and a bunny can start reproducing when it's two to three months old. That's a math problem if you want to figure out how many bunnies can be born in a year, but it's about a 45% death mortality rate. So anyways, I don't know what that means, but that's a lot of life. It's a lot of life. So whenever you go hunting for an egg or you eat a candy shape or an egg-shaped candy or bite the head off of a chocolate bunny, what I want you to be thinking is Jesus gives life. <laughs> Jesus gives life. Jesus is life, and his life is for you. His life is for you. All right, let me ask you this question again. Can you take Jesus at his word? Yeah? Do you believe that when Jesus says something, he means it and he'll follow through on it? I've already demonstrated to you the reality that Jesus said, I'll die and rise, and then he died and rose. He followed through. So the question might be, does the Bible say anything about my life and my death? And maybe my resurrection? It does, actually. A word that we can trust, plain and simple. Plain and simple. Unless Jesus first returns, you will die. And then when Jesus does return, you'll rise from the dead. The Bible says so. Here, let me show it to you. We read it. It's 1 Corinthians 15. I said that's a good chapter to read if you've never read it all. But here's 1 Corinthians 15, 20. It says this. In fact... In fact, not in theory, in fact, 
Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. All right. And you're like, I don't know. What does this mean, Pastor? All right. He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He's the first one who rose from the dead. The fallen asleep, if in the New Testament, this is the word that they use to talk about death. Most Why fall asleep? Well, because when you go to sleep at night, what's your expectation? You're going to wake up in the morning, right? You go to bed with the expectation that you're going to wake up. When you die in Christ, your expectations should be, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to rise from the dead. Just like I go to sleep and wake up. When I die, I'll wake up. That, that is our hope. So sure and certain. So Jesus is the first one, the first fruit, like a crop, right? You get the first one, and when you get one, you expect that more are going to come. So Jesus is one, you and I will be the rest of the crop. Let me read it. It keeps going. Verses 21 through 23 say this. For as by a man came death, sorry, this is 21 through 23. I've got it wrong on the bottom. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. This is saying, just like Adam died, we die. Just like Jesus rose, we will rise. As Jesus is, so are you. He's first, you're next. He's the first of the crop, you're next. When Christ returns, you will rise. You'll wake up because Jesus is giving his life for you. His life is for you. But I know a lot of people wonder, and maybe you're in this place too, when I, when I talk about eternal life or rising from the dead, I've heard a lot of people say, even Christian people say, I I don't know if I want this to last forever. I don't know if I want like what I'm dealing with to last forever. And that's because we are all too familiar with sin. We're all too familiar with struggle. We're all too familiar with the broken things in this world. And we think, man, I, don't, I just want to be done with it. I don't, I don't want to deal with this anymore. My friends, I tell you, resurrection is the righting of everything that's wrong. It is the restoration of things that are broken. It's the building back up what has fallen apart. Resurrection is the promise to bring justice to those who have been oppressed. Resurrection is the promise to bring hope to the grieving. Resurrection is the promise to bring healing to the sick. Resurrection is the promise to bring life out of death. Resurrection is the promise to make the good things perfect, even better than they are right now. That's what Jesus is promising you. Our God is a God of life, a God of life, not a God of death. God is a God of life, but we spend so much of our lives consumed by death, either fighting against it, either doing everything we can to prevent it, or 
just trying to pretend like it's never going to happen to us, but death is all around us. But I tell you, resurrection means death's not the end. Death is not the end. Life wins. Life wins because Jesus rose from the dead. Actually, the other day I heard a knock on my door. And I went out to answer my door. And there at my door was a, uh, a death supply salesman. Right? A guy who sells death supplies. You would think it's the funeral director. I don't know. They go door to door now. And this death supply salesman tried to get me to buy a coffin. And I said to him, that's the last thing I need. <laughs> Thank you. It's a joke. <laughs> that's the last thing I need. But he was a good salesman. And he said, oh, you're not a coffin type guy. You're a cremation type guy. And he said, well, let me, uh, let me show you my selection of glass urns. Glass urns. And he showed me one, and I said, a glass urn remains to be seen. <laughs> All right, let me say three quick things about these dad jokes. One, sorry, but I'm not sorry. I think they're funny, and some of you do too. The second thing is this, for real... This death thing does not get the last say. I say it at funerals all the time. I say, this funeral director does not get the last say over you. This coffin does not get the last say over you. This urn does not get the last say over you. This grave does not get the last say over you. Jesus gets the last say over you. And Jesus says, live! Wake up! Live! And the third thing I want to say is this. Remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use the punchline of a bad dad joke to finish this sermon out. Remains to be seen. You are remains that need to be seen. Remains that need to be seen. Remains, not, not dead remains, living remains. Because you remain. You're alive forever. And your remains need to be seen by this world. Jesus says in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and I in you. And whoever remains in me will bear much fruit. Jesus is that seed. That seed that sprung up new life. The, the first fruits of the new creation. And you are attached to him. Growing off of him. Your life being sourced from him and he says remain in me live in me and you will bear much fruit from you will come new fruit from you will spring up new life as you live in this world let the remains be seen let life be seen because this world needs to see jesus this world needs to see jesus this world needs to see that love is possible this world needs to see that hope is true. This world needs to see that peace is a possibility. This world needs to see, and you need to see, that you have intrinsic value and purpose because God made you. This world needs to see life, abundant life. 
Life teeming up, springing up out of the ground. Life in the midst of what seems to be chaos and death. Life in Christ. The world needs to see life. And you will be the ones for the people to see. Remain in Jesus and let those remains be seen. Take Jesus at his word. You can trust it. It is true. His life is for you. Amen.